0: Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour, and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. What we want to talk about today is six chains to break. Six chains to break and to break or to leave behind. Six chains or six things that serve as as chains, really, that chain us, that bind us, that uh, we are stuck to and that are stuck to us, that we want to cut loose, that we want to leave behind in order to be able to actually move forward. Uh, Many times, we, uh, uh, this time of year, when when the new year rolls around, uh, many times a lot of people talk about a new year's resolution or a set of resolutions that they want to make. And uh, generally speaking, for most people, these resolutions seem to last for usually a short amount of time and then something or other happens and and you come to the end of the year and you realize that most of these resolutions weren't meant. For most people, generally speaking, I realize there is exceptions. Today I want to examine a little bit of the reason behind why that is so. And if you wonder why why do so many resolutions, not just for new years, why do so many plans and uh, changes that people want to implement uh, fail and they don't materialize? And the reason simply is this, so often, We are carrying things with us. When it comes to the issue of a new year, we are carrying things with us from the previous year. Things that we should not carry. And these things, uh, these issues, these materials that we will explore and examine together, they are so burdensome to us. We are so entwined with them. They serve as chains that hold us back and bind us down let's look at a few uh, scripture principles here to highlight what we're talking about uh, because this is not just uh, from our thoughts and our minds here's how the apostle paul puts it in uh, philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 he says brethren i count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before i press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus so if this is you today and you have made some new year's resolutions you have uh, plans and intentions and goals set to implement change to press forward i want to remind you what the apostle says here before pressing forward we must do something we must forget those things which are behind the thing is this with with the new year and with the passage of time uh, we accumulate certain Uh, habits certain uh, processes certain burdens that we keep carrying that we actually need to forget we need to let go of before we can reach forward and press towards the mark many times the reason why people fail in pressing towards the mark is because they have not forgotten those things which are behind now there are certain things that we need to forget that's what i'm going to focus on and there are certain things that we shouldn't forget you know we need to remember where uh, where we've come from but there are certain things that ought to be forgotten that tie us down. That we many times keep carrying needlessly. This is our problem, and uh, this is the problem I want to address today: habits, uh, thought habits, habits in our mind, uh, things that enslave us and keep us in this predictable cycle from year to year. That even though we might start at the beginning well, but we keep failing, uh, faltering, and falling back into this predictable cycle. These patterns of thinking and behavior that actually prevent us from moving forward and we end up remaining stuck. We have to forget about the things that are behind. Paul was actually echoing the words of Jesus when he said something to the same effect. And here it is in uh, Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So looking back is not something that is recommended. Jesus says you are unfit. If you put your hand to the plow and you want to move forward, there's a certain uh, thing you need to do. You need to stop looking back. You need to forget those things that are behind. You need to be able to move forward and not remain entangled. So today, this is the question I want to ask you. It's a new year. Uh, What are you bringing into this new year, it's good to start the year with some goals, with some resolutions. That's great. But what are you leaving behind? That's the question. Or are you carrying things into the new year that you shouldn't really carry? Are you putting your hand to the plow but still looking backward? Are you really fit to meet and uh, succeed in the resolutions and plan that plans that you have? That's what we want to examine today. The reason why we want to look at this six. Uh, six items or six chains that bind us that need breaking uh, the things that we need to leave behind because uh, I'll mention this at the end too but we're in the year 2022 right if you add that up all the twos there that's three twos 2022 that adds up to six so conveniently enough that's why we're looking at uh, six six things easy to remember things that don't belong in this year or in any year for that matter but since it's the start of the year that's why I want to look at Uh, things that uh, we need to forget about things that bind us and we're going to look at them and not not in any particular order but there's six of them the first one on the list is negative self-talk first item on the list the first chain that we want to break that we want to forget about that we want to move forward from and stop carrying is our negative self-talk here's how the apostle paul puts it uh, relating to this battle that goes on in the mind second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to be mindful of our thought life. Our thought life, especially in relation to the things that we think, the things that we say to ourselves. So many people have uh, this uh, habit of negative self-talk when talking when i mentioned self-talk what i'm talking about is what you say what you think about yourself how you communicate to yourself about yourself in many people's minds that's very negative and this is what the apostle here talks about we need to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ including the negative self-talk and the thoughts that we think about ourselves let me give you some examples here to illustrate what i'm saying and this is very practical and this is very real uh, many times in our thinking we we anticipate the worst For example something bad happens uh, at the start of the day and you expect that your whole day is ruined as a result Uh, perhaps you magnify the negative aspects of a situation something bad happens and, and you just focus on the bad and you minimize the positive aspects that are also part of the situation or the circumstance so all you see is the negative perhaps you blame yourself uh, anytime something bad happens to you, some problem occurred, some uh, mishap happened, and you blame yourself. Oh, if you hadn't done this, if you hadn't done that, if you only thought this, if you only remembered this, and you were down on yourself. Uh, maybe you think you're a failure in your self-talk, in your private self-talk. I'm talking about your thought life, the, the private one that a lot of people might not be aware of. You might uh, appear or project yourself as something to others. Uh, the people might not be aware of the inner conflict and turmoil and the negative self-talk that so many times happens this is what the apostle says we need to capture this and bring these types of thoughts into captivity to the obedience of christ how about always comparing yourself with others that's another negative uh, thinking process that a lot of people have brothers and sisters let me challenge you in this very particular point we need to stop carrying this burden with us into the new year or forward in life that prevents us from reaching forward and pressing towards the mark don't adopt satan's thoughts and words and make them your own you see satan is referred to in the scriptures as the accuser of the brethren so many times our self-talk is accusations to ourselves we, we put ourselves down. We have this negative opinion, negative thought, negative way of viewing ourselves. And we put ourselves down. We blame ourselves. We compare ourselves with others. We think we're a failure. We think we are, we're not a success. Look what I haven't done. Look what I messed up. We need to give, uh, recognize what that is. Capture these thoughts and bring them to the obedience of Christ. Don't echo Satan's accusations and make that part of your thought life. We need to monitor our thinking. We need to monitor our self-talk and we need to replace that with the positive, with the obedience to Christ. In other words, make sure you catch yourself when you are thinking and speaking to yourself. See what is contained in there. Look at how David puts it uh, and see how this is actually something that is very relevant in the scriptures in a number of places psalm 19 and verse 14 david says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight o lord my strength and my redeemer david was concerned not just about the words of his mouth but also the meditation of his heart what does that mean the thoughts of his heart or the thoughts of his mind how do you monitor your self-talk your thinking is it negative Or is it positive? Is it an echo of what Satan's sentiments are? Is it down on yourself? Or is it actually in light of what God says? David was concerned about that. We need to tell ourselves, brothers and sisters, what God says about us in his word, not what Satan says. Now, I know this uh, for many is a habit. This is something we all struggle with. Uh, We have habits of thought, right? And sometimes uh, situations and things happen and we immediately think a certain way. But we need to focus on catching ourselves you know you might not uh, be able to uh, catch your first thought but okay maybe your second thought and remember and uh, consider what is actually going on on the inside what you think about what you think of your self-talk to a great degree influences your course and your decisions no wonder David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Are you thinking in ways that are acceptable to God? I'm not just thinking about here or not just talking about the thoughts of temptation and sin, even the seemingly innocent thoughts of oneself and how you talk to yourself. We need those to also be acceptable in God's sight. The wise man actually tells us, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why we're saying the thinking process many times will predetermine our course of action, our decisions, and is a predictor on the whether we will succeed or fail in carrying out our resolutions and our plans, whether they be new year's plans or life plans and life resolutions, our thinking process. Let's take a cue from uh, God's own thinking process. Notice how God thinks about you. That's what I'm saying. Listen to how God, uh, and, and think of yourself as how God thinks. Here it is in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. This is how God thinks about us. We need to take a, you know, a cue from that. We need to take a hint from that. We need to follow God's leading. So many times we preoccupy our thinking process with thoughts that come actually from the enemy. They might not seem as obvious, like outrageous. So I'm not talking about outrageous sins that you constantly think of. They might not be that obvious. They might be a little a little more subtle, but they are nonetheless thoughts that originate from the mind of the enemy. Beware. Let me tell you something. Negative self-talk to a large degree, results from a preoccupation with oneself. Let me repeat that. Negative self talk, to a large degree, results from the fact that you're preoccupied with yourself. That's all you're looking at. That's all you're thinking of, yourself, what you're doing, what you're not doing mostly, uh, how you're succeeding, how you're failing, mostly. uh, All these things about self, where is your mind focused on? Is it focused on yourself all the time, or is it focused on other things, or other people, or particularly God's opinion and God's thoughts towards you. So beware of this preoccupation with self. I'll give you an example in the Bible of that. The prophet Elijah had a great success on on Mount Carmel, but then he had a great discouragement and disappointment when Jezebel threatened him. He ran away, he was discouraged, and he had all this negative self-talk, this discouragement and this disappointment to such a point that he actually wanted to die. He wished to die. Even Elijah struggled with this temptation. And there's something that we can learn from that. And God's attitude and God's thoughts towards Elijah were thoughts of peace and not of evil to give him an expected end. And this is why the Apostle Paul reminds us in Hebrews, in light of that, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is what God desires for us, brothers and sisters, to have a heart, uh, with full in full assurance of faith, a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. That's the thinking process. The battle, to a large degree, exists in the mind. It's a battle of thoughts. How is your thinking process? That's chain number one that we need to leave behind, that we need to break and move forward from and forget. Chain number two, or point number two that we want to discuss today, is unfinished tasks unfinished task or in other words uh, the tendency to not follow through with certain tasks or certain jobs whether they be for yourself and or for others in other words leaving things undone jesus one time gave the parable of or the story of a man who had a vineyard who had two sons and he told them go work work in my vineyard the first one says i go uh, i will go and then he didn't go and the other one said uh, i will not go and then he ended up repenting and going. I said a reverse order, but you know the story. But the point simply from that parable is this. Do you make a commitment? Do you start something and not finish it? That becomes habitual. It starts in the small things and ends up affecting the bigger things. So this is why we're looking at this second chain, chain number two, unfinished task. Here's how the wise man uh, reminds us about this particular point uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. He says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Finish your tasks diligently. This is what the wise man is really saying. Uh, You can start with the little things. It's the little things that actually make up the big things. Master following through with your tasks. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it with your focused attention, with the diligence that actually will see it through to the end. So many times, there is a connection between all, between all the things that we're talking about. So many times, our negative self-talk is a result of disappointments in ourselves for tasks that we did not follow through with or did not finish. And we're disappointed. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't finish that. I didn't finish the other thing. Let me tell you something. If you start small you will find that this will actually transform your experience. Focus on starting a task that's worth doing and seeing it through to the end and finish it. Make it a habit that the tasks you start Uh, actually get accomplished that's how resolutions get met if the resolution is big you know well it starts the practice uh, and the implementation starts in the small things and this is why this connection between those aspects that we're looking at uh, is worth exploring here not only uh, here but the the wise man continues with this same uh, vein of thought here it is proverbs 22 and verse 29 seeth thou a man diligent in his business he shall stand before kings he shall not stand before mean men And so choose wisely the tasks that you commit to. Don't be like that son who, uh, you know, to perhaps to give a good impression, not to disappoint, says, yes, I'll go and work in the vineyard. And then he didn't end up going. Don't say, yes, I'll do this task and I'll start this and I'll start the other. And sometimes we can overload ourselves with things and we don't see them through beware what you commit to. And when you make a commitment, be diligent in your business. Now, this is not just in business dealings. This applies in physical things, business dealings, of course, but in in tasks that you need to do physically, as well as spiritual tasks. These habits physically can influence our spiritual life, our spiritual walk with Christ. That's why we're saying this is a chain that we need to break, that we need to leave behind and forget in order to be able to move forward. So many times this actually hinders us. So, Choose wisely what you commit to. Uh, it is not always uh, the important things that get done. It's actually the things that we really care about. Plan things. Make a plan. Implement a plan. Don't overcommit. Don't, don't uh, say yes or, or promise and, and, uh, just because you know, uh, it appears good or you think you should and end up failing and faltering. You disappoint yourself. You disappoint others. Give up on unfinished things tasks. And that's why it's important to be careful what you promise to do, whether yourself and others as well. And as you do tasks, remember to expect obstacles. There will be obstacles in the way. There will be challenges. There will be hindrances. There will be distractions. The key is stick to it. Be diligent, as the wise man here says. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind it's a principle that applies like we said spiritually as well as physically example i want to point out uh, is none other than the example of jesus jesus at the end of his ministry said i have finished the work which you gave me to do in john 17 in his prayer, he says i have finished the work jesus was diligent he finished the work now that was a great task the task of accomplishing salvation but you know how it was accomplished it was accomplished day by day it was made up of little things. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus was diligent in finishing his tasks or doing what needed to be done for that day, each day. And the cumulative result of that was that he finished the big work. So don't attempt the big things suddenly and think, oh, you're gonna uh, uh, conquer that straight away. Start with the small things and that will develop this habit, this pattern of finishing things through that will enable you to then look at the big things and realize, look, they're finished because it's made up of all these things Little things. Of course, uh, the example we see in that is uh, the example of creation. When God finished the work of creation, the Bible says it was finished, and the result it was very good. There is a certain satisfaction. There is a certain sense of fulfillment that comes with a finished task a task that is finished that is finished well and one uh, you know rejoices in that god saw that the work that he did and he finished was very good in like manner that's why the wise man says whatever he had finds to do do it with all your might so that was number two unfinished tasks which brings us naturally to our next point point number three and point number three is a, is a very popular chain is a very popular uh, issue something that we care, uh, and that is reacting in the moment number three is reacting in the moment here is how the wise man puts it and uh, from that we will get what we're talking about ecclesiastes 7 and verse 9 be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry for anger resteth in the bosom of fools what the wise man is simply saying here is don't react don't let emotions run high and usually when we react the emotion that uh, most frequently surfaces to the to uh, to the top is anger or frustration or disappointment all these things are related is this when that happens anger when you're angry when you're in such a state when you're in such a state of high emotion he says, says the anger rests in the bosom of fools what does that mean this is not just you know uh, casting words here it's simply iterating a very important principle and observation when emotions run high logic is low. reason is low in other words you are in a foolish state of mind you are not thinking reasonably you're not thinking clearly you're not thinking you know from cause to effect you're not thinking logically you are running on emotions and don't be hasty in your spirit to be angry therefore that's what the wise man says Uh, here it is again proverbs 18 13 he that answereth a matter before he heareth it it is folly and shame unto him are you bound by this chain Listen, this is a temptation for all of us. I don't need to have hands up. I don't need to ask for confessions here or testimonials. This is something that is common to mankind. And this is why we have such abundant counsel about it. And this is why so many people are chained by this burden and they carry it with them from year to year. And many times we wonder, why am I not meeting goals and expectations? Why am I still stuck in the same situation? Let's look at the things we are carrying. Let's look at the things we are chaining us. This is a very popular, very uh, common one that we need to break free from by God's grace. Answering a matter before hearing it, folly and shame. That is not hearing the matter fully, Uh, you know, uh, jumping to conclusions, Uh, not taking the time to really assess and gauge the situation. Uh, taking offense quickly uh, responding hastily and in anger the wise man says here this is folly and shame if you just jump to conclusions and start answering uh, beware of that that's why the counsel and the advice is uh, be slower to speak this is what you get from this verse Be, be slower to give an answer don't answer a matter quickly speedily hastily hear things out when you are slow to answer you are also Slow to breath. So take a breath. Uh, you know, slow down. Listen carefully, and don't jump to conclusions. And uh, many times, you know, the feeling you know starts welling up inside of you uh, when when the, the, the emotions begin to come in and run high. Whether you're hearing something that uh, is you feel is offensive to you or upsetting to you, or someone says something you don't like, be aware of this emotional response. Take time. Don't rush it. Be slow to answer don't answer immediately don't be rash in your spirit to anger stop reacting in the moment now again we can learn something from god's own book and this has multiple meanings here from god's own example recorded in god's book take a leaf from his book so to speak here is psalm 145 verse 8 the lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and of great mercy notice the description here about god is he is slow to anger In like manner, Proverbs 16, 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. In other words, what the wise man is saying, he that is like God has accomplished a great success, because God is slow to anger. Notice, God is gracious, he's full of compassion, that's understanding, mercy and understanding. God does not jump to conclusion, God is slow to anger. He listens, he, he considers the situation, he judges righteously. He is slow to anger. He is of great mercy. Something for us to learn. When we are slow to anger, we're better than the mighty. We are like God. That's what the wise man is saying. When we're slow to anger, we we exemplify, we show God-like characteristics. And that is only possible by God's spirit. But we must desire it. We must recognize the presence of the problem. We must desire freedom and breaking from that chain and asking God's help and implementing that with his grace. This is what we're talking about, putting all the pieces together. So don't think when we're talking about uh, breaking these chains that this is a solo effort. This is an effort in light of God's grace. But we need to recognize the burdens we carry. We need to recognize the chains that bind us so that we can forget those things that are behind and move forward and stop carrying them throughout our life. Wondering why we're so heavy burdened. So important chain here to recognize to break free from. Slow to anger, ruling one spirit is greater than he that taketh a city. So when you listen to something, when a situation occurs. Uh, See, are you really taking the right action? Are you uh, hearing the person in context? Uh, sometimes we see things through our own narrow perspective, and uh, we miss another person's perspective. So let us be slow to anger. Uh, a Bible character that uh, struggled with this and his struggle or his failure in this point is is quite famous. Is of course Moses. Uh, Moses is described in the Old Testament as. Uh, The meekest man on earth, a patient and a meek man. He put up with all the, uh, you know, uh, hard heartedness, stubbornness, faithlessness of Israel. And there's one particular incident that you're probably thinking of when the people so troubled Moses that uh, the Psalmist here records Moses' reaction. Psalm 106 verse 33, because they provoked his spirit so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. That's what happened to Moses. This was something that even he struggled with in that particular incident. And so it's important for us, brothers and sisters, to remember. Let us be slow to anger. Let us hear the matter fully. Let us not allow our spirit to be provoked and end up speaking unadvisedly with our lips. So many times the words we speak cannot be taken back. Uh, The damage they do cannot be undone. Let us therefore not be swift to answer. That's why the, the apostle tells us in James 1 wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Here is the key to not reacting, not getting emotional, not losing it, not falling into anger. What is it? Slow to speak actually leads to being slow to wrath. If you're slow to speak, that means you are quick to hear. You're allowing the situation to present more information to you. You're not jumping to conclusions quickly and calling it this and that and making a mistake and reacting and things break, uh, you know, uh, things uh, explode and then you end up regretting the situation. Beware of this chain. Stop carrying it around. Stop being bound by it. It's a God-like character to be slow to wrath. And God wants us to be like him this is according to god's will so if this is something you're struggling with and everybody to a certain degree or another struggles with this ask for the lord's help but you must recognize the existence of the problem you must desire to seek liberty and freedom from it and god's will is for you to have that that's what we're seeing so many times in all these councils that was number three which brings us to the next point number four the fourth chain, the fourth burden that we carry that many times actually hinders us and prevents us from moving forward, that we need to just leave behind, just forget about it, just leave behind. And that is people pleasing. People pleasing. What I mean by that is this. Doing what other people want you to do. Doing what other people expect you to do. Doing what other people think you should do. And so many times our life and our decisions is ruled by such expectations that to a large degree exist in our mind only. Many times they're not actually what people say or expect but we we think so and so we act accordingly. Let us beware of living our life in light of what people think, what people expect and what people say. Sometimes it means we need to learn to say no to people. Now that sounds almost contrary to what the scripture says but it depends on how we estimate the situation. It's important not to overcommit, overburden ourselves and end up not following through with tasks just because we want to please people, but we end up displeasing them and being disappointed in ourselves. Some of the points we covered already. So all these things are linked together. Now, of course, there is a natural desire to please people that uh, all of us have to a certain extent a desire not to let people down but if you can't follow through with your tasks if you end up letting them down and letting yourself down you will end up being disappointed and disappointing them here's how the apostle puts it see what uh, the scripture tells us in light of that galatians 1 and verse 10 notice what motivated the apostle for do i now persuade men or god or do i seek to please men for if i yet pleased men i should not be the servant of christ It's in this context that we're talking about this chain of pleasing others, pleasing people. Paul says, listen, I've been entrusted with the gospel. If I'm entrusted with the gospel, it's not to please men. It's to please God. It's to to be a servant of Christ. In other words, if I pleased men, I would not be the servant of Christ. There is a contradiction here. There is a way of living where your life is all about people and what people think, what people perceive, what people think of me. And I want to be in their good books. That ends up being... Uh, the opposite or it contradicts or hinders you from being a true servant of christ leave the chain of people pleasing behind you people's opinions people's perceptions and thoughts of you you see we live in a world that, that has uh, monetized this this whole uh, experience of, of uh, human interaction and that is uh, the world of social media okay? the world of social media has monetized the the art of People pleasing and perception. Social media is all about posting things and getting likes. That's people, that, you know, uh, being pleased and not getting as many likes and being disappointed and being perceived in this way, and that way, and the other way. All these brothers and sisters, beware of that. You know, we might think uh, of these things and say, well, I'm, I'm aware of this. I don't do that. I don't engage in social media. Well, that's great. That's good. I, I don't let my life be so influenced by it. But is it influenced in other words? Because guess what? It was uh, well in place long before social media came along. Social media is simply uh, uh, an illustration of the existence of this type of thinking and behavior. Uh, how about, uh, you know, seeking the, to please others, family members, uh, co-workers and their expectations, uh, stop doing what people think you should do or what you think people think you should do. Stop living your life to get validation and approval from others. That's really what we're saying because this is what the whole thing about social media to a large degree is all about. This is the wrong way of pleasing people. There is a biblical way to please people. Uh, you know because you please God first and this is your concern but there is a false and a dangerous uh, trap of trying to please people in other words living a life where you seek to get your validation your approval and your acceptance from people rather than from God and guess what this is a heavy chain and there are many people bound by it we need to break that chain who we need to please is really God, as the apostle actually tells us. Here it is. This, is, this should be our primary uh, main concern. 1 Thessalonians 2.4. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. In other words, Paul, in preaching the gospel, many times he came in conflict with men. And his purpose was not to try and please men and get approval of men everywhere he went. His purpose, his aim was to please God first and foremost. The God who tries our hearts. How is your heart? How is your mind? This is what we're examining here. Are the thoughts uh, in your heart and mind, are the motivations that drive your decisions because you are seeking to please men or because you are seeking to please God? You see, what Paul is talking about here is not just applicable in uh, the gospel. Because someone say, "Well, look, Paul was entrusted with the gospel, and of course, to preach a gospel, we must please God before men." That's true and well. Uh, but what about everyday life decisions? You know, we have to interact with people. Let me tell you something. All these everyday life decisions uh, and daily activities aren't they the practice of the gospel? Aren't they the gospel in practice? Uh, carried out, manifested in your behavior. That's what the gospel is all about, brothers and sisters. So let us please God. To a large degree, many people reject the truth and standing for the truth is because they want to please men more. We see that in the example of the unbelieving Pharisees and the Jews in the days of Jesus. Here it is. Here's is, uh, here how uh, Jesus puts it. John 12, uh, verse 42 and 43. Uh, well, this is how John records it, rather. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Are you living your life this way? For the praise and approval and acceptance and validation of men. Here is the ultimate cost. It ends up costing you standing for the truth. You know what these Pharisees that believe? We don't know their names. The Bible does not record their names. We know the names of Peter and John and the apostles, Paul, who made a stand for the truth. They they were not concerned with pleasing men. We know their names. We remember their names. They stood out in history. These men, even though they believed, but because they loved the ple- uh, pleasing men more than the praise of God, we don't know their names. They kind of faded into into history. And this is why Jesus actually gave this warning to the Pharisees. John 5 verse 44. How can ye believe which receive honour one of another and seek not the honour that cometh from God only? Here's how the Pharisees were. It was all about approval, seeking honour, seeking acceptance from each other and being good with everyone and pleasing men and they ended up uh, it ended up resulting in them neglecting the honour that comes from God. They rejected the Son of God because of pleasing men. Beware of that, brothers and sisters. This is a very serious and a very heavy chain. Like I said, there is a correct biblical way to please men and to serve others, but that stems from ultimately having God's pleasure, God's acceptance and approval first and foremost. That's what we should seek. That's what we should have our confidence and our assurance in, that God accepts us and approves of us. Sadly, so many people try and fill that void with acceptance from people, and you know what? That's an endless task. You will never get full approval, acceptance from people. You always please some and not please some, and it's an endless task, an endless cycle. Let us seek the approval of God. That's why the apostle instructs Timothy: says, "Study to show yourself approved unto God." In that famous verse, and that famous verse actually means strive. To show yourself approved to God. Not study as in study books. So many times that verse is used that way to apply to, you know, if you study the Bible, you will, uh, this is how you approve yourself to God. That's not what I mean. Uh, Study there means uh, earnestly strive, earnestly desire to show yourself approved unto God. This is the approval. This is the acceptance that we must seek and have above all else. And that will inspire us to withstand the opposition of men. When that happens, as it will, because as we see in the example of Paul, when you stand for God's truth, you will meet with opposition. Beware, lest you sell the truth for the sake of pleasing others. Uh, Another good example of that is the, the sad story of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai. And uh, the people came and they insisted to Aaron that Moses is gone and he needs to make them gold, a golden calf. And that's what Aaron actually ended up doing. Rather than standing for the truth, he wanted the pleasure and the acceptance and the approval of the people. And he went along with them in this terrible, tragic apostasy. And that stands as a stain on his uh, record. He became the priest, the high priest of God. And yet that experience there is, is as a stain on his record. God forgave him, God accepted him. Are you still bound? by that chain, that is the question. That brings us to the next point, point number five. Chain number five in these six chains that we want to break free from, that we want to leave behind, that really don't belong in our life anymore. Chain number five is the guilt of your past. The guilt of your past. Leave the guilt of your past behind. You have been carrying it too long, year in, year out. It is absolutely exhausting. Here is how the apostle reminds us about that. 1 John 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, we have sinned. Yes, we have messed up in the past. Have you accepted God's forgiveness or do you still carry guilt, remorse, guilt about mess ups, sins, mistakes you have done in the past? These burdens that we carry actually are not meant to be carried. They are meant to be surmounted they are meant to be overcome not carried along from year to year to year burdening our walk and our journey so many times many people they say well yes i recognize this uh, recognize this and they confess their sin to god and they struggle with truly accepting that they have been forgiven they still struggle with their guilt for that sin that they have confessed and then they confess the sin again and they say lord i'm really sorry about that and they keep remaining in this cycle brothers and sisters let us accept god's forgiveness and believe that if you have truly confessed that god indeed is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse beware of carrying the burdens and the guilt of the past god his purpose is not to condemn us the son of man did not come to the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved let us be confident in accepting what God has given us. Here is how the apostle goes on uh, to detail that in his same letter, a little later, in chapter 3 of 1 John, verses 20 and 21. He says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and know us all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. If we have met the conditions, we have confessed our sins, God's forgiven us. Let us accept that. Let us not remain in this heart condemnation situation. Now, this is talking about believers who have met the uh, you know, requirements or criteria of being accepted with God. It says in verse 21, beloved, if our heart condemn us not, if we truly accept the forgiveness of Christ and rejoice in it, then have we confidence toward God. In other words, so long as we're still carrying this guilt, it's not, not really accepting true and full and complete forgiveness from God, then we don't have confidence towards God. In other words, we end up having doubt. And we put ourselves in a miserable situation, not being able to press towards the mark, not being able to move forward because we're carrying things from the past. So we need to learn to accept God's forgiveness and be confident in that. Not only that, we need to learn to forgive ourselves. So many times, you know, we say, yeah, God forgives us, but we don't forgive ourselves because we feel we have done this great evil. and, And in a certain sense, that's good for repentance, but we need to be able to move forward from that, not remain there. This is the thing. Learn to forgive yourself. And while you're at it, this is kind of a bonus as part of this point, because it's very relevant. We need to also forgive others. The guilt of the past many times that we carry is not just our own. Let me tell you what I mean, but let's uh, put this verse here and make a comment on it. This is what the Apostle Paul says when it comes to others and forgiving others. Ephesians 4 and verse 32: And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Many times, the wrongs and the, the trauma that has been inflicted on us by others, uh, we Remain there, meaning we relive that, we recreate that, we re- replay that in our minds, uh, and the event, whatever has happened, we end up staying in that event in our minds. And many times we, f- we confuse forgiveness with approval, that is forgiveness of others. We need to, brothers and sisters, we need to just learn to forgive others. Forgiving others means just give it away, just just let it go, forgive, forgive carrying the unforgiveness of others replaying the same hurt the same pain uh, in our minds is actually a means of inflicting uh, problems on ourselves not on the others we feel like there's some kind of a punishment or some kind of a vengeance that, that we will withhold forgiveness and and we replay the thing it causes us more damage than them brothers and sisters let us let us really be aware of that the difference we need to recognize and many people confuse is forgiveness of others is not the same as reconciliation it's different reconciliation happens when others recognize their wrong and accept your forgiveness and then reconciliation can happen but many times we think forgiving someone is somehow some kind of an approval of what they did or or reconciliation and that that, that hasn't happened so we withhold that forgiveness is different to reconciliation so stop holding on to the guilt of others The misdeeds of others and carrying it and holding on to it and thinking of it and reliving it just let go of that and i know it's easier said than done i realize that someone will say brother you don't know what this person did to me look you're right i don't know god does and god here tells us be tender-hearted forgive others how how can you do that by looking at how god for christ's sake hath forgiven you I want to show you an, an illustration from the scriptures, the example of David, because many times the hurts and the trauma and the, uh, the hurts that others inflict upon us, they hurt more when, there's, when it's someone that is close to home. Here is the example of David. Notice how David approached this particular uh, aspect, very practical. Psalm 55 is all about betrayal from a loved one, a close one. Here is verse 21 and 22. He says, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. So they, someone close to him, but was deceiving him. Appearing as one thing, but in reality in his heart was another. This is betrayal. This is uh, hurt. And David suffered that. How did he deal with it? Verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. It says, give it to God. Just give it. Forgive. Give it away. Just leave, let go of it. Leave it. Walk away from it. It happened. It's bad. It's tragic. It hurts you. Okay, we recognize that. But don't stay there. Can you move forward from that? I say, okay, that happened. Recognize that. Move forward to a place where you can be good and not remain in that bad place. Now, I understand that some hurts and some traumas and some abuses are, are grievous okay i'm not uh, trying to lighten them or say look it's not too bad don't blow it out of proportion yes it is bad it is traumatic it is very hurtful i understand that but it's even more hurtful to remain there and keep carrying that that's why david what he did here is he cast that burden that hurt that uh, trauma he cast it on the lord and the lord sustained him give it away that's what forgiveness is all about so this is part of this uh, burden that many times we carry whether it's guilt For our own misdoings or the guilt and the misdoings of others that we hold on to and treasure and keep. And we don't want to let go because we feel it's a form of vindication and justification. Look what they did to me and this and that and the other. Listen, let the Lord sustain you. Stop carrying that around. It's time to let it go. It's a chain that is holding you back. And remember, reconciliation is another step is another process just because you forgive them doesn't mean what they did is is right or justified or that you approve of it and god is the one who actually will deal with things he knows full well exactly what happened and the effect of it i want to remind you of a of a story uh, besides david of someone else in the scriptures who experienced that and that's the story of joseph he was betrayed by his own brother they sold him as a slave Okay, if Joseph had something to hold on to, you know, sitting there in in jail, uh, you know, uh, what was going on in his mind? He wouldn't be there if his brothers hadn't betrayed him, if his brothers hadn't sold him. And, And you think that was going on in his mind? No, he had let go of that. He had cast that burden upon the Lord so that when his brothers came and they bowed before him to buy food from him, he did not have vengeance and revenge in his heart. He had told them, listen. You meant it for evil. The Lord meant it for good. He had moved forward from that betrayal and that trauma and that hurt that was close to him. And he moved forward. He pressed forward towards the mark. Why? He forgot the things that were behind. In other words, he did not allow them to chain him and hold him back. And God was able to use him in a mighty way. So you had hurt and pain in the past. Cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. That's his promise, not mine. Now, final one we want to look at. Is also relevant and related. You see that all these aspects, all these six items are all related to each other. And that is the regrets. The regrets that we carry. Uh, that I should have and I wish I did. The regrets of the things that we missed in the past that we wanted to do, we should have done, opportunities missed. We say I should have, oh, I would have, if only let's stop living in the past. That's what regret is. Regret is really Living in the past, replaying the past, thinking that if I had another opportunity at that, I would do this and I would do that and I should have done this and I should have done that. Whether it be things we did or things we didn't do. That's why I'm saying it's related to guilt as well. We regret things, mistakes we we, uh, we made. We regret them, that's guilt. Uh, opportunities that we missed, well, that's that's regret as well. And uh, what others might have done to us, we, we regret them and say, if this didn't happen, this situation wouldn't have developed and they wouldn't have done to me. And, and we hold on to that this unforgiveness. These regrets, this living in the past is something that we really need to break free from brothers and sisters. Here's how the uh, prophet tells us Isaiah. This is from God. And this is almost a strange language, but notice what he says. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert this is the same god who says remember the things of old consider the years of many generations the god who says the thing that has been it is that which shall be here he says don't remember the former things don't consider the things of old what's he saying stop living in the past stop thinking that the past is what uh, uh, the things that happened in the past the only way to move forward is if they were different and, and everything in the future will be exactly identical to the past god says, "Listen." I'm going to do something new, something unexpected, something you haven't seen before. So yes, history repeats itself, but God also is able to make new opportunities, new chances. So many times we we'll live even regret over missed opportunities or chances or things we should have done in the past that we, as a result of living in the past, we missed the opportunities of the present. This is what God is saying here. Leave the past behind. That's a chain. Now, you need to look at the past to remember where we came from, what happened, learn from it, but don't live there. Don't stay there. Move forward. Don't stay chained in the past. Paul tells us in the verse that we started with forgetting those things which are behind. He heeded the counsel and advice of Isaiah, and God used him to perform mighty things that were not expected or even seen in the past. He didn't say, oh, look, you know, I was a terrible, uh, you know, uh, Uh, persecutor of christians he didn't stay in the past he says yes i did it ignorantly i I, I was terrible i was a blasphemer but he moved forward in god's grace he did not live in regret yes he didn't like what he did he wasn't proud of it but he did not remain in this state of should have would have could have he moved forward and was used by god in mighty mighty ways Uh, many times in our experience uh, we we have certain expectations because society or people directly or indirectly uh, you know uh, we we perceive them that way for example look i I should be married by now Uh, i should have a house by now should have another job by now i should have a job by now some people don't even have jobs some some people have lost jobs and and there's a certain ah i should do this i should do that and there is this expectation Uh, i should be doing this thing by now i should be doing the other thing by now let me let me ask you a question who has determined this expectation it is usually other people So are you living to please other people and uh, living for your appearance, how you perceive? How are you living? Let us stop the regrets. Let us appreciate what we have now, the opportunities that present themselves now. That is what pressing forward towards the mark is all about. It's by forgetting those things which are behind. That's that's Paul's uh, admonition. And that's what the wise man also repeats as well. Here is another interesting verse from Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 10. He says, Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. What's he saying? The good old days, you know, that, that saying common in the world, look, the good old days and the opportunities of the past and the good things of the past. So many times we talk about that and we think about that. And we think, look, things are really bad now. And I don't need to rehearse or repeat how bad things are now. I'm, I'm aware of that. But uh, the wise man here says, this is not wise to do this. Uh, you don't inquire wisely concerning this. In other words, even in the here and the now, in the midst of the seeming greater trouble and trial that it's more than in the past, there is also greater opportunity, greater ways that God can use you in way and, and in new and unexpected ways. like He says, "I'll make ways in the desert, you, you don't you have no expectation of what I can do, but keep your eyes here, not in the past. Don't stay stuck. In the past, don't keep saying, "Oh, I wish I lived in back in this uh, the century before they had technology, uh, back in the days before this or back before that." You are not really inquiring wisely concerning this. These are six issues, six chains that bind us and prevent us from moving forward. Here we are; we're coming to the start of a new year, and like I'm saying, this is applicable to any year, or to start, or to the start of any new venture, any project, any moving forward, really in life. What is it that is holding you back? Are you stuck in the past? Are you looking behind? Uh, here's here's how Paul puts it as well. This is some, some so many relevant verses in the scriptures about these points. Second Corinthians five and verse seventeen. He says, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new." Is this really what uh, happens with you? Are you really in Christ? All things have become new? Or are you still shackled? Are you still burdened by things that you carry from year to year that are serving to hinder you and restrict you from moving forward and realize all the potential that you are when you are a new man, a new creature in Christ? This is a question, this is the challenge I really want to leave with you. Brothers and sisters, so many times, Satan has room in our lives. We allow Satan to have room in our lives more than he uh, has a right to. We give space, we leave space for the for the enemy. And so these six points, I want us to be mindful of, let me repeat them here quickly for you, just by way of review. Point number one, negative self-talk. Let's get rid of that. It's time to lose that. Forget those things that are behind. Number two, unfinished tasks. Let's follow through. Let's stop not following through. Uh, number three, uh, re- reacting in the moment. Let us be swift to hear slow to speak we need to lose these reactions in the moment and that wrath and that anger let's rule our spirit number four people pleasing and living for the approval and approbation of others beware of that trap Uh, number five the guilt that we carry from the past and number six the regrets that i wish i could have i should have that we live in the past and we forget the opportunities that present themselves to us now these six chains Like I said, our ways that Satan binds so many people. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. We should not give room for the devil. That's how we give room for the devil. That's how we allow him to have room in our lives. And we keep carrying that. Stop carrying that, brothers and sisters. This is my challenge. I want to close with this verse, a final and closing verse from John chapter 20 and verse 22. A very relevant verse for particularly this year and again every year. This is for any man who is in Christ. He's a new creature, right? Here's what Jesus says. And when he had said this, speaking to his disciples, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Let us make room for the reception of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that all these burdens that we're carrying, all these chains that are chaining us and carrying, that crowds out our life. It doesn't leave enough room for us to be filled with the Spirit. And of all years, this year, is a good year to remember this verse because uh, John twenty twenty two is a fitting verse for the year 2022 and this is why we looked at six things that prevent us from really reaching our potential in 2022 that we need to lose we need to forget we need to move forward from so that we can truly be filled with the Holy Spirit so God can use us in mighty unexpected ways in the midst of the greatest turmoil the greatest trouble that has ever been don't wish you were living at another time brothers and sisters thank God that you are living at this time the fact that you're living now here uh, all of us it's not an accident it's not a chance it's not a pick and choose which age you wish you would have lived in. God saw that you and I are born in this age and this time with whatever challenges exist guess what God wants to use us in amazing incredible ways Is your life ready? Have you made room to be filled indeed with the Holy Spirit, as John 20, 22 says? Or are you still crowding out your life with all these things? We looked at six of them today. I just pray, I honestly, truly pray that we will take this challenge to heart. Look at the things that are preventing us from moving forward. And let us grasp a hold of the promise of Christ and by his grace, break free from these shackles that bind us, that restrict us from recognizing and realizing the full potential that we have in being a new creature in Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, and in light of that, let us pray together, and we will close. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that he that hath the Son hath life, and that if the Son therefore make us free, we shall be free indeed. I pray that the Spirit's of your son will break us free from these shackles that bind us, the shackles that exist many times in our mind, in our thinking process, the the habits of uh, thoughts and patterns that we have accustomed ourselves to. May your sustaining, abounding, living grace break through these shackles and give us deliverance and freedom so that we might have all the room to be truly filled with the fullness of your spirit. And as Jesus breathed on his disciples, that Jesus might breathe on us, that his life might be uh, imparted to us, that uh, in this new year and in the continuation of our life from this point forward, we might indeed move forward with grace, with great success, because we are full of your spirit. I pray you forgive us for our shortcomings, and I pray that you will empower us. And those of us who, who truly struggle with some of these things we talked about today, that you will truly impart to them. Your sustaining, your miraculous grace. We thank you so much that your scriptures, uh, the word of truth, is so full of so much practical realities and advice. And I pray that indeed this will be all of our experience. In Jesus' name we ask and thank you. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through his son, Jesus.